somewhere in the city that defines holiday magic is a man who wants a little eggnog with his mistletoe. And that guy would like to carol you. Featuring the musical stylings of Mel Bunny and the Dreaming Color Singers. Still to come, he wants to save America with oil and gas, Edward Kovalik. Sketch comedy tonight from Kim Holderness as she returns to NYC. And Kelly Clarkson returns to the holiday spotlight. And now, live from Times Square, where we again caution, even plead with you, not to hug the Elmo. Here's the Kevin. darling I just love it let's take a look at the news for assignment S weekend I'm Kevin McCullough President Biden celebrated his birthday this past week in grand fashion pictured here and just to show how youthful he felt he dared his birthday cake to singe his eyebrows didn't know you could have that many candles on that small of a cake I didn't know it. Evidently, the Fire Department of Washington, D.C. didn't either. God bless our first responders. A professor at Wake Forest University has resigned following her posting on social media how she would be, quote, tempted to shoot up dance parties full of college-aged young people just like Hamas. Oddly, the professor was quite surprised when her resignation was accepted, and now she's gone public saying that the university has failed her. But when the university gave it a half a second's worth of thought, could you really blame them? They accepted her resignation, and as Assignment Desk Weekend understands, it was based on two different things. One, that anyone in their ranks would say that they would do something like Hamas— and two, a college professor saying she would be willing to shoot up dance parties attended almost exclusively by college-aged people. Whoopi Goldberg, shown here, picking leftover turkey droppings from her incisors. Got one right there. A little, little piece of turkey got stuck up in there. I, yeah. It may have been in the dentures, too. We're not, we're not sure. We don't have medical authority on that yet. Uh, but she stated boldly this week that uh, if, if the nation decides to vote a certain way, that we will deserve what we get if Trump wins again. To which I'm pretty sure that all of America yelled back at their televisions, that's the point! 
Not to be outdone in the arena of stupid or the parade of I'm pettier than you are. Joy Behar, pictured here, pointing out people that she's asked for dates, dared President Trump to come after her if he is reelected. She looked him straight in the camera and said, I dare you to come after me. The former president is said to have quietly observed to himself and maybe someone standing nearby that no one has been going after Joy Behar for a very long time. And finally, the White House this week, the, the same White House that bragged in their first year of being in the White House, that they saved you on your Thanksgiving Day dinner costs by a total of $1.63 in their first year, that White House said today or this week that they had reduced Thanksgiving dinner again and cited prices that were reduced on key Thanksgiving items this year. Now, if you look at the sourcing of where they got their information from, it's an interesting source. It says the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which has nothing to do with commerce and almost nothing to do with prices being set anywhere. But who knows? In a day and age in which the president wants to singe his eyebrows for fun, uh, it could be. Maybe they got their numbers from them. As hard as Assignment Desk Weekend could to research and look for the answers, we never heard nor saw of any instance where labor statistics being used reliably to rate grocery store items and current costs. We just, we tried, we stuck the whole research team on it. We just couldn't come up with anybody that could find it. You know what does have statistics on that though? Grocery stores. And based on an average cost criteria this year over last, over the year before that, and over the year that they first came into office, Assignment Desk Weekend found that numbers of Thanksgiving items were not anywhere near lower in cost than they were when they came to power. In fact, on almost every item that we could find, they were somewhere between 29 and 94% higher per item. For Assignment Desk Weekend, I'm Kevin McCullough. There is nothing like a New York bagel. What are you doing here? Are we gonna do another video? I've just never been to the Big Apple. I thought it would surprise you. Surprise! The cold air is so refreshing. I do love seeing the city at Christmas. Oh, isn't that cute? What? Someone's small dog is running away with the bagel. That's a large rat. No, it's not. Did you just say boggle? Okay, so I made a short sightseeing list for us. Wait, 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 hold on. Just a couple pages. That is too much. We can do this in a day. There's no way yeah. we can get that done. This nope. will be fun. Come on, let's go. It's the most touristy time in New York. They will go ice skating and sea decorating and then Bryant Park. It's the most touristy time in New York. It's freezing. Are you sure you're not cold? Are you kidding? I have to show off my new shirt. Yeah, you're really blending in. Hey, lady. Me? Oh my gosh, Kim, that guy just squared at me. I know. So sorry. I think he thought he knew me. No. He thought I was a local. That's not. You too, sir. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. New Yorkers have such a funny way of being friendly. Now they're headed down Fifth Avenue. 
She says hi on the street to everyone she meets And they all say, f*** you Oh, there's still so much in New York to do Isn't this magical? I think this is the same size as my cousin's ice rink growing up in the backyard, but it's just good. It's great. Your cousin had an ice rink. Oh, yeah. Everyone has an ice rink. You can just do that? You just need some two-by-fours. Camp. Let's go to the Hard Rock. Let's go try to get on GMA. Do you think Diane Sawyer is up there? She hasn't been on GMA in, like, years. You know what? It is the water. This is the best New York pizza I've ever had. Deep dish is not New York pizza. Camp. Yeah. I'm in New York, and I'm eating pizza, so this is New York pizza. It says Detroit style right there. I wonder if they have any ranch. You know what? I always carry my own. Did you want to try some? Sure. Tis the season. Ranch just makes everything better. Oh, it really does. Oh, let's do some of that New York shopping. Oh, don't stop in the middle of the sidewalk. People get upset. But it's Old Navy. You can go to Old Navy anywhere. And this is the biggest Old Navy I have ever seen. There's an Old Navy four minutes from our neighborhood. Do you think they performance lease in there. That was so cute. Those were so cozy. I don't know why they ever got rid of those. Let me take you to the West Village, Soho. There's a shop in Tribeca. Love. And miss all of this? Every tourist is there in Times Square. She's taking a photo and hugging Elmo. Oh my gosh, a hug from Elmo. My life is complete. Kim wants to get out of here. It's the most touristy time of the year. Why don't we just go get a nice glass of wine somewhere? Yes. And then we have about 17 more things to do. When's our bedtime? Because mommy's tight. I don't know if you know this, but this is the city that never sleeps. We used to live here, and I found out you could sleep. Yep, we have to go there. Oh, we can't miss that. I feel like check, check, check. We did it a lot. Oh, we missed a page. Been a lot of... Oh, man. Okay, well, we got a... lot of Christmas. We'll, we'll double time. It's the most touristy time. Kim moves out past her bedtime. It's the most touristy time in New York. Say all you want, friend. There is no place like New York in the holiday season, uh, and I still don't recommend hugging the Elmos, but uh, come and experience it for yourself. There's no place better. Uh, to see the decorations and to be in the festive spirit. Kevin McCullough coming back. Stay here. Kevin McCullough, there are many aspects and strategies to how we begin to fix the, the problems that our nation faces. And in recent uh, years, obviously, the problems have multiplied and the solutions seem to be more elusive. I want to know what my next guest thinks. He's the CEO of the KLR Group, and he's the founder and chief of that partnership. He co-founded them in the spring of 2012. Edward Kavalik is his name. Edward, welcome. It's good to have you. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Um, 
my my listeners care about their pocketbooks, obviously. And when we're paying three, four, five dollars a gallon on the East Coast, I just returned from a West Coast trip, seeing family and attending a wedding out there. It was six, seven, eight dollars a gallon in the Pismo Beach, California area. When 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 they're getting hit on that level without the comparable rise in salary as they've had for the last three years, there's a there's a domestic pinch that the energy shortage makes us feel. But I contend that this impacts a much wider swath of American life, including our security and including our ability to make bad guys be good in other parts of the country. And I'm curious, as you are the founder and managing partner of this group and someone who's heavily invested in gas and oil, um, what, are, what are your thoughts? I think that politicians have really had a bipolar relationship with oil for a long time uh, before uh, we really experienced modern day inflation at, at the kind of levels that we're experiencing today. If you recall, you know, the White House was really uh, pushing a higher oil price agenda as really a method to uh, create demand destruction uh, in line with their goal to electrify everything, beginning with automobiles. And so, you know, that was, I think, the original and it strategy. It was on day one. I mean, he he destroyed Keystone the second that he that he got there and said, okay, we're done with that. And that was exactly right. Exactly. And so we can have a whole argument about whether or not any kind of policy can really uh, destruct demand. I, I'm of the belief that it can't, but as soon as inflation began taking its toll and it became clear that uh, high, oil, high oil prices were bad for re-election uh, re campaigns, I think, you know, that's when you started to see the draining of the SPR which tried to take oil prices in the other direction, obviously cozying up to Venezuela, cozying up to Iran, uh, was also uh, an effort to accomplish the same. And so I think today, you know, uh, policymakers- Well, he got shut down by the Saudis. So the Saudis didn't help, and he had to turn to these, you know, more bad actors that don't have our interest uh, at, at heart for sure. And he's running out of options. Like if it's yeah. not enough for us to buy everywhere else. So again, the lens comes back and this is not partisan. I'm, I'm not talking about a partisan uh, situation here. I'm talking about what's common sense. The lens comes back to we're sitting in North America on the biggest shelf of energy, particularly liquid natural gas and, and uh, deeper oil reserves than we've ever realized before. What do we got to do to make that energy work for us? Yeah, that's absolutely true. We are blessed with one of the world's greatest, most prolific reserves of oil and gas. And that's frankly why we've started another company called Prairie Operating Company now to exploit that. I think the industry has gone through um, a lot of troubles over the years historically because of a lot of leverage and volatility. Those two things don't really go great together. Uh, and so the industry has become a lot more disciplined and you know, isn't really focused on growth so much as stabilized production. But the truth is, is that our break-even prices for making oil and gas in this country are very low. Now we can make money at, you know, pretty stable oil prices. We don't need $100 oil price to make money. We don't need $120 oil prices to make money. So, you know, I think that there's uh, clearly a concerted vision towards increasing production now. It's becoming more cachet. You're starting to see the big corporate consolidations. Obviously, Exxon and Chevron are leading the way uh, with huge deals back-to-back, week-to-week. So 
you know, I think I think something is afoot. The game is afoot, as they say. Uh, and I think to your point, you'll start to see more of a ramp in production in the U.S. than than many probably have anticipated. I hope so. One of the things that the last administration was doing was actually exporting some of our fresh, you know, production of energy. We were actually selling liquid natural gas to Europe and uh, places around the globe and, and benefiting the American um we, we, and I guess it's the difference between energy independence, which a lot of people talked about like in the 80s with Reagan versus energy dominance, where we can really control our own fate if we if we keep that oil you know price per barrel like under forty dollars a barrel. A lot of good things happen for us at that point. Let me let me shift away from the big picture and narrow down on you for a little bit. You, you mentioned prairie. Um, what's your background? What's prairie all about? Um, and why did why did you f- formulate it? Sure. So I come from a uh, investment banking finance background and also private equity and in, in energy. And, you know, we formed Prairie this year really uh, because we saw an untapped uh, market opportunity to consolidate down market from where you're seeing these big deals print. And when I say down market, I mean way down market. So, you know, we're looking at deals that are, you know, in the $100 million range, $50 million range. Uh, we think that there's really a lack of a bid in the market for great assets, uh, largely because this industry has been so demonized over the years, uh, r- driven by ESG, driven by other factors, that uh, the capital has left the building. You know, private equity capital has drawn down, you know, 60% from where it was five years ago in terms of available capital. Uh, the public investing community has pulled away from the industry. Uh, pretty astonishingly, even though EMPs uh, have outperformed the broader market in the last several years, really in a post-pandemic recovery phase, uh, we're still, as a peer group, trading at a historically low multiple. So there's still a lot of upside uh, and opportunity to acquire, build, and develop assets, and that's what Prairie is focused on doing. Is that true even though the administration has put a chokehold on leases and you know, the availability of uh, at least public lands to uh, take a look at some of this stuff? I think there's enough inventory on private fee lands to really take advantage of uh, the market opportunity. I certainly think if the feds would apply a more commercial policy to federal land uh, across the U.S., the continental U.S., I think you'd see more growth in the industry for sure. Well, then the then, then the question comes from the naysayers at that point. Um, can you do it cleanly? What's your answer, Ed? Well, I would, I would really vouch that we can create the cleanest barrel of oil in this country as compared to anywhere else in the country. And if we all live on one planet, which I don't think anyone's arguing at this point, then I think we all share one climate. And I think it's in everyone's best interest to produce each incremental barrel of oil made as cleanly as possible. You could and- not have earned a bigger fan in me by saying that exactly the way you said it. He's Eddie Kovalik, uh, head of the KLR Group and Prairie um, uh, Energy. We're going to talk more with him just a minute after this break. Uh, come right back. Christmas time, here we go.
Jones from New York. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. Kevin McCullough back with you. Glad to have uh, Ed Kovalik uh, with us, who is the CEO of the KLR Group, and his uh, newest uh, venture is uh, Prairie uh, Energy and the, all the good work that they're doing. But just before the break, Ed, you said that everybody that has pushed this theory of destroy the American pro uh, energy production industry so that we can then go buy it from China, Russia, Tehran, wherever else that uh, may be pumping it out, they don't have any of those uh, standards on, on their production capacity. And we're buying and encouraging the production of dirtier energy through buying their markets. Am I wrong? You're absolutely right. I think if anybody saw a barrel of oil being made in Basra or in uh, Venezuela, uh, they wouldn't need any convincing because they don't have any emissions policies. They don't have any cleanup policies uh, at all really in place. And so, you know, our industry has really been extremely innovative, extremely environmentally sensitive to uh, how we operate and you know, we're really gaining every year in terms of new technologies and new processes and procedures. And so, you know, e even the ability to electrify rigs and operations rather than burning diesel, for example, uh, is, you know, a huge upside to how we, how we make oil and gas in this country. Uh, but you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the idea that we should shut down our industry for ESG purposes, just to have greater incremental production around the world that's much, much dirtier, including Russian production, which is the dirtiest probably, uh, is, is really a crazy idea. So let me ask about, let me shift gears to natural gas for a second. Um, I was actually on another uh, show this last week and a caller called in and said, Kev, you may not know this, but um, there's enough natural gas sitting under Texas that if they wanted to, they could give every Texan free energy for the rest of their life and still have some left over based on the reserves that they have. Liquid natural gas is also turning out to be much cleaner than traditional oil, gasoline as well. It's not as clean as nuclear, but nothing's going to be as clean as nuclear. Um, how big of a picture does does the gas uh, you know element play in your strategy going forward? Well, currently we're oil weighted in terms of our assets, which is not to say we wouldn't be interested in you know, really acquiring gas assets in the future as well. Uh, I think gas is a trickier commodity only because it's driven by different market forces. Right. You kind of uh, called it out, you know, in terms of LNG and the export market. Uh, but gas is really a huge transition fuel for the rest of the world uh, who's looking to really come out of energy poverty where they don't have anything. They don't have refrigeration. They don't have air conditioning. All the things that we think are really luxuries or really basics to life that much of the world doesn't currently have. And LNG is really a path out of that extreme level of poverty and darkness into a more commercial life. So. You know, we think we've got a, I think we're really the Saudi Arabia of gas in this country. <laughs> we've got tremendous reserves, but there again, bringing it all the way back to policy where we started, I think the government has been extremely um, ill-sided in terms of uh, pipeline, 
permitting and other things that have really stifled our ability to, you know, connect up different gas producing regions of the country with where we're going to export that well, they've gas. They've certainly been very hostile towards people like you who want to run a clean uh, energy operation and supply American consumers with with more of our own stuff. I mean, I, I don't I don't think you guys are the bad guys. I think you guys are the heroes and we just need to have more of you. But uh, Ed Kavalik, thank you for all that you're doing. If people want to know more about Prairie, if they want to know more about your work, where do you send people? Uh, they can check us out at our website, www.prairieopco.com, or check us out online. Uh, we're currently trading under ticker CRKRD. CRKRD. And that is that a temporary uh, ticker symbol? It is. Uh, we're, we just did a reverse split of our stock, and our ticker will be changing to PROP, more consistent with Prairie Opco. There you go. Uh, but... Yeah, we're going through that transition. Well, Thanks my a good lot friend, for having me on. My good friend Hillary Kramer recommended you highly, and I can understand why, because you've tapped into an enormous need for the American people. And I just hope that we can get enough politicians out of your way to, to let you help the people that you're trying to help. But thanks for taking some time and explaining it all to us today. Yeah, it's great to be here today. Thanks, Kevin. We'll do it again sometime. Ed Kavalik, uh, CEO of the KLR Group and the Prairie uh, Oil and Gas Company as well. It's Kevin McCullough. Come right back. Don't go away. Christmas time. Here we go. Well, I hope you're getting into the holiday spirit. One of the reasons that we do the match night for CSI here at that Kevin show is because I believe strongly that if I have a platform like this where I have the privilege of giving you information and telling you my opinion and doing all these other things uh, week in and week out, that uh, I also have the opportunity to use this platform for good. In fact, it, it may sound kind of corny to some people that are watching or listening, but many years ago, when I first had the opportunity to become syndicated, uh, it had been a lifelong dream. I really wanted to be heard all over the country, and it was something as a little boy, you just couldn't um, imagine how big of a, of a dream it was to me. Um, and I, I made kind of a promise to God that as a, as a way of saying thank you to him from the very beginning, I will always use my platform in some way to try to make the world a better place. And over the last... 10 years or so, I've had the incredible privilege to do that with Christian Solidarity International, who do the work to protect those that are being persecuted for what they believe. And while the majority of their work happens to be persecuted Christians in many areas across the globe, they have also come to the aid of other groups that have been harshly persecuted by governments that just don't like the people for anything more than what they say they believe. So it is a very meaningful thing to be a spokesperson for them, but it is an even more meaningful thing to see you and I working together to affect great good on people's behalf. And that's why tonight is match night. Every gift that is given 
at 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010. Or if you go to bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org, or call 888-342-1010. If you give a gift of any size right now, it's going to be matched. It's going to be doubled. And our goal is to help release an additional 80 slaves. Now, our we are we are currently about 11 slaves away from meeting the goal that we set out for the year, 192. But if we were able to match this gift of 80 slaves uh, maximum that this uh, donor to CSI is going to provide, um, that would that would take us um, well over uh, 250 slaves for the year, and that would be an amazing thing for us to do. I don't I don't think we've ever done as many slaves as that in a single year. Um, so I want to say thank you first of all for those of you that have already given and have helped liberate the 181 human beings that we have liberated this year. That is incredible. That means that this Christmas, these Christian women that have been living in slavery, that have been beaten within an inch of their life, have been ritualistically raped and sexually assaulted and harmed in almost every way that you can imagine. Uh, those, those 181 never have to go back to that life again because of your generosity. So for those of you that have already given, thank you. For those of you that haven't and you've been considering, here's what it does. $250 one time liberates a woman out of slavery and gives her everything that she needs to start her life over again. I don't know of a single other cause at Christmas time that does as much just completely unmitigated good as as this as this cause. This is why my family and I this year for and we're very grateful to God for the opportunity, but for about the fourth year in a row, we have set aside $250 a month to to liberate one slave each month. Now, that's a big amount for our budget, <clears throat> for our family budget, but we've been able to do it on a monthly basis for the last four years, and that means that about 48 slaves have been liberated because my family has come together and made a decision. My kids, during COVID, they would hear me talking about the slave liberation issue, <clears throat> and they would ask me, Dad, what are we doing about it? What are we going to do about it? And I said, well, what should we do about it? And they said, well, we should help. And so we've we've been doing that. And, and we do that on a monthly basis, proactively, on purpose, because we, number one, believe in CSI. I know that the work that they do, they stretch every penny to its very thinnest. There's no one that, that watches over the gifts that come in any more closely in terms of stewardship than CSI. And every penny you give goes directly to liberating that slave. So uh, tonight... Um, and through the end of Giving Tuesday, at the end of Giving Tuesday, I don't know if the match will still be in effect beyond that or not, but we have the opportunity tonight, tomorrow, Monday, and all day on Giving Tuesday to match every slave that we can liberate. So maybe you want to talk to your family and say, hey, could we liberate four slaves? 250 each, that's $1,000. If you make that gift, that will be turned into $2,000 and eight slaves will be liberated because you did it right now. This is why I am asking urgently <clears throat> for you to go and give your gift immediately. 888-342-1010. We want to maximize this generosity from this one donor to CSI who wants to give uh, a gift that would cover at least 80 slaves. Uh, 888-342-1010 is the number, 888-342-1010. You can also give online at bringherhome.org. Now, when you give the gift, $250 is the cost. What they get in return is simply astounding. I want you to put
pull out your last grocery shopping receipt if you have a family of more than two people. And for a month, I'd like you to add up all the grocery uh, grocery receipts that you were able to you know pull and provide. Um, I'm going to bet that the average American household has spent more than $250 in the last month just on groceries. I'm not saying you shouldn't spend it on your groceries. That's necessary. But if you take that $250 and you give it to CSI for one slave to be released, they get two years worth of food, uh, a year of grain that's ready to be used now, and a year of seed that will turn into a crop of grain that they can use a year from now. They get uh, every utensil to cook, clean, live, fish, uh, everything they need to do, uh, that utensil is included. They have tarps and blankets and other things that help them with the weather. They have uh, something like a Bible in their own language. They are given the opportunity to um, uh, have fishing utensils so that they can continue to add to their um, uh, food supply. And then kind of the funnest thing of the whole bag is that they are given a small goat kid. Baby goats are called kids. A small goat kid that within just a few months will be at uh, right maturity to um, have kids of their own. And when they are able to do that, that turns into a microenterprise business for the former slave. Now, you have to remember, <clears throat> these are women largely that have had nothing more than the clothes on their back since they were taken into slavery. That's it. They've faced the most horrific forms of, of abuse, sexual assault, rape, etc., They've survived. Now we just need to bring them home. Bringherhome.org. Bringherhome.org. Or call 888-342-1010. Every gift being matched tonight. 888-342-1010. Serving it up. With a no-drink minimum, it's that Kevin Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you can imagine, our spotlight is going to move to holiday celebration between now and the end of the year. And to continue it, here's Kelly Clarkson.
Clarkson kicking off our holiday celebration music spotlight this week. Christmas come early. Kevin McCullough, thankful that you've joined us. Big thanks to Melody Tunney, Dick Tunney's better half, and uh, the uh, Dream in Color singers who have helped us celebrate a little more so with all of our imaging and bumpers and so forth. Brand new theme. Thank you to Mel and the gang for all that. Hey, join us next week as we continue 